come this morning and give him worship. Lift your hand and bless the name of the Lord. Give him praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your name this morning. We worship your name this morning. Take all the glory, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please take your seat this morning. Welcome to church. Glory to God. I can't hear you. Glory to God. It's good to be back home after a few weeks. Glory to God. Um, I miss everyone. I miss all of you. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Praise God. And I'm so glad that we are in the season of miracles. And um, everyone here, under the sound of my voice, will receive something tangible in the name of Jesus. This year is going to end in your favor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, like I said, we're in an atmosphere, we're in a season of miracles and the miraculous. And, you know, um, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, we'll be ministering to you along those lines. And then on Sunday, we'll also round it up on Sunday with the Thanksgiving. So you don't want to miss it for anything. Hallelujah. This year is not permitted to end until you fulfill all the goals you have set for yourself in the name of Jesus. God will pull through for you. God will still give you a last minute miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, so um, I'm still resting my voice from the 22 cities um, tour we did this year. Um, yeah, this year we've been in 22 cities in one year. Yeah, 22 cities. So I preached a lot. I preached an average of three hours, two and a half hours to three hours in each of those 22 cities. So it's a lot. Um, but I'm excited this morning um, because I'm going to be receiving the word. I'm going to be enjoying the service like you always do. So please, ladies and gentlemen, we have the honor this morning of receiving the word from God's servant, the assistant resident pastor. Please welcome Wally. Fire me to the stage. You can do better. Please help me appreciate it. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Praise God. <laughs> we can be seated. Um, so I came in a bit late for first service. And then, um, because we're told, you know, last minute miracles there. It starts from when they tell you that they are preaching at the last minute. And then um, I got here and Pastor Jethro was preaching and it was good. And then in my mind, I was like, okay, so um, 
we're supposed to preach second service. And then I saw Pastor K on stage. And I like, see how God does these things. He's going to preach. And I told Pastor Jethro, see how God they do these things. And Pastor Jethro said, no, no, he's calling you up. <laughs> and then I'm like, who am I? Which is well. In case you don't know, this is the first time we're preaching in front of Pastor K. So it's not a problem, but it is well. Amen. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but God, we are going to preach you. Don't worry. We'll get there. See, the way God does his things, I'm not afraid anymore. Uh, all right. So, but God, um, so, when, how do I start? I had everything until, all right, okay. So when we say that we belong to God, what happens essentially is that we have given him permission to step in. Um, we, are a part of his, we become a part of his kingdom. And that also gives us, uh, God, God is looking for a people to display himself through. That's the first thing you need to realize. And that's why when he says, or when, when his heart cry that we know is for all men to be saved, he's looking for people to be able to express himself through. He's looking for an embassy on earth, which is what he started with um, uh, the covenant with Abraham. Praise God. And for every time God sees a man willing to be used, in quote, by him, then we start to see expressions of his power, his love, his mercy. That's when we start to see but God moments, essentially. So what, what I'm going to try and do today, um, today is the last... Um, session, or this is the last session, um, so I'll try and do a brief recap as much as I can, and then just touch on a couple of things to end it. Praise God. All right, so um, we talked about the fact that all through life, because we are going through life, and because we are not in heaven, there'll be situations, there'll be circumstances, there'll be life happening to us. Praise God. Now, but because we have chosen to bring ourselves under God, or God has chosen us, like the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth, to be called his own. And we, and we said yes. Then, we start to become the aberration. Now, an aberration is something that is a deviation from the norm. Or from normal things. So, when the Bible says that the sun will not smite you by day, the natural sequence of things is that when the sun shines, it should smite you. But he's now saying that you are becoming the exception to that rule. So can somebody help me tell somebody that I'm an, ex- an, I'm an exception? Praise God. And that is what brings us to hope. Um, we talked about the fact that hope is a picture. Um, the way I like to put this is hope is a picture that helps faith to run. Without f- hope, faith is useless. I know a lot of us, we, we, we claim to be faith people and all of that. But the truth is, if there's no picture in front of you, you can't run. If I blindfold you now and say that there's a 100-meter race, you're in trouble. Because you most likely will be running in the opposite direction. So hope is what paints the picture for you to now exercise your faith. Praise God. And that's what all of this is about. The fact that even when the whole earth is saying that there is a casting down, we can look at what God has said. And because of that, we cannot declare that there is a lifting for me. 
when it looks like we are all in the same boat, and this thing is happening to all of us, you still have that boldness to say that my case is different. And then they start to look at you and like, who is this guy and why is he talking like this? Praise God. I can't recount the number of times. And even when it looks like there is failure in the mix, God just has a way. He just has a way because you have given him permission. So let's look at um, Romans 8.28. It's a popular scripture. But that's a good foundation for us to start or to, to end this with. So let's read it together. One, two, go. Okay, we'll do that again. Wait, pause. Are we ready? One, two, go. And we know that all things work together for good to them that are, love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Praise God. I cannot count. In fact, this was one of the major or the first major scriptures I knew when I started facing life. You know when you've had it easy for most of life, throughout most of life, yeah, yeah, everything seems to just be falling in place. And then there's just that glimpse that reminds you that you're still on earth. Like I said, <laughs> Um, in, in university, you know those people that used to teach uh, tutorials on, on Saturday and teach uh, maths and language and theory and the uh, Jacobian, what are those, Jacobian theory. And that was me. So it, I was the last person to, that they would expect would be having an extra year. So, so, so when Ife dashed, <laughs> because I did not deserve that extra when, when if I did this thing, and I was still able to say my case is different, even though we're all failing, in quote, together. After a while, some people had to come to me. They, they, they said in first talk at that time. They were the year after us, so at that time they were my set. Like, why do you have this kind of joy? Even though we know what happened. Jonathan, we are done FYB dinner. We had cried. Did we meet again? We've done all those things. Everything. So we had graduated. And then they called us back. And it was an extra semester. It was an extra session. But even then, I can't remember how old I was then. I was still saying my case is different. All things work together for my good. My case is different. So my case is different. did not play out as them not giving me the extra session. I still had that extra session. But the way it played out was that God used that to orchestrate every other thing. To the point where I had to remember it years later when I was sitting at a party and the GMD of NNPC was beside me. And I had my... In fact, I think I was the first person that took a selfie in Nigeria. Because this is way back. And I was taking a selfie... With the GMD, uh, Obaseki. At that time, it wasn't it wasn't a Google party. It wasn't a, it was an exclusive party in somebody's house. And then I sent it to my father, and he said, "In Yoruba, boy, killing she. What are you doing?" Because I could see God's hand play itself out. In my life, from failure to that, from failure to me being escorted in Abuja, 
That was not, in fact, that one. <laughs> you know, when you are living in God, a lot of things seem very surreal. If you've not caught yourself saying, now maybe this, maybe you haven't yielded fully. I was, they came from the airport as in escorts, police, mobile, everything, and we're going at speed. Of course, beating lights and all of that because we had something to do in NMPC. And I was like, now maybe this. That's how these things play out. Where God steps in into the natural order of things and then it becomes a but God moment. Praise God. So, um, I'm trying, I, I remember the one I preached and I remember, I think, um, Pastor Shupo. But essentially, what we are trying to say is, or let, let me start with, um, with the one we talked about, church. Because a lot of us, we have started to lose faith or to lose hope because church has happened to us. The same way we say Nigeria has happened to us, or to some people. Uh, church happened to some people. And we are failing to realize that um, church is made up of human beings. And God still uses those people. So when you make the mistake of being offended in church, and then you move, and you come back years later, and you see that person that offended you has grown. He's not that person anymore. But you have digressed. Is it regressed? Eh. So you can't find yourself anymore. Because somebody said something or did something. And we, we, I, I remember that scripture, uh, Joe 14, 14, that says, I hope for a tree. And we love to, I love to quote that scripture until God showed me the other part of it. Can we say that together? Joe 14. I think from verse 7. It says, let's, okay, I'll read, don't worry. It says, but there is hope for a tree, for a tree, sorry, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Next verse. It says, though, <clears throat> sorry, it's past, okay. Um, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground. Next verse. It says, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and will bring forth uh, bows like a plant. Um, we know the word for the year that says that it's the people that are planted in the house of the Lord that will prosper, Abby. Now, this part, and this was a secret, the reason why this tree will sprout again is because the root is still in the ground. The minute you uproot yourself, you are no longer a tree. You are firewood. Praise God. That's the secret here. So we think it's just because it's smelling water. It's not just because if you like, if I bring firewood here and I wet it, will it, bow, will it sprout again? No. Because the root is not in the ground. So that's the mistake we make when we are offended and then we uproot ourselves. I saw something yesterday that broke my heart. I can't even say it fully here, but some of the people that you think have left because church was too much, Go and check on them. I also talked to him. Wow. My heart is broken as I'm speaking. We don't know what we do when we refuse to stay. You, you think life, and that is the thing about life, life is unforgiving. No matter what your excuse is for doing the thing to do, 
there are consequences, good or bad. Praise God. So nobody will hold. <laughs> Don't uproot yourself. Because you are, you are rendering yourself firewood, basically. Praise God. All right. So, um, yeah. So another thing we mentioned was the fact that um, hope is that thing that keeps us going. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, was able to endure the cross. He was able to, to despise the shame. When you have a picture in front of you, it might be far. You might not know when the picture will be actualized. But the fact that there is something in front of you that you are running towards, that is what will give you the strength every day to even wake up and get out of bed and move. So Jesus, for the, so hope essentially is the joy that I set before you. So Jesus, for the joy, so he saw millions of, millions of people being reconciled back to God. He saw this eternal throne of glory being restored to him. And I was like, I will go through this. I will stay on the cross. He could have come down. He had the power to come down. He had the power to strike everybody blind and even get them to... He did it in the Old Testament. Now, when they are falling on each other, you first say, come, bring me down first, then now start falling on each other. Do you understand? He could have done that, done that, but he didn't because there was a joy set before him. So hope is that thing that will make you want to that will make, give you the ability to endure. So the devil will try to remove hope or distort the picture that is in front of you. When the picture is distorted, then you don't even know what you are running for. That's when you start asking, so why are we even doing this? Why are we here? Praise God. That's the real time, Abby. Praise God. So what now happens, ultimately... When we step into that place where we make God king, Lord. So we say, come into my heart, I receive you as what? Lord and Savior. A lot of us, yes, we know we have been saved, but we refuse that lordship part because we just like to hold on to it. We are stubborn like that. But when God is Lord, when we make him Lord, that's when you start seeing the different things in the Bible. So you see people speaking with boldness. So that's why it gives you, it gives you a boldness. The fact that God is in charge of your life, you don't know how it will play out. That's why you'll hear the Hebrew boy say stuff like, God will save us from, from this fire. But even if he doesn't save us, praise God. That's why you hear people that will say, if I perish, I perish. That's what, that's the kind of boldness that comes. There's an audacity that comes with, um, with our servitude. We hate to say that we are servants of God. But there is an, there's a boldness and an audacity that comes with servitude or sonship. Let me say. So that we're more comfortable. There's an audacity. There's a, I, I love to tension my father. Sometimes I'll just go to his house. And I'll tell him the things we are doing in this city. Just so that he will like. How is that your pastor again? You know, with that said, everything is about age and what's in uh, here. How would, how would you tell? Like, ah, we just finished praying for that land. Uh, 1.2. <laughs> when I sat down, and I told him that we finished praying during the lockdown. I love doing those things. I'm sorry. 
I just like seeing his response, you know. Um, I shared the, my master's story a lot because for me, that was a landmark in my family and in how God can be faithful to you when you stand on a word, literally a word, come. He said, come, and we went. And we couldn't tell my parents <laughs> because our parents, they like to plan. You know what I mean? They like to know where it is coming from. I didn't know where it was coming from, but I went. And then when we came back from the masters, then I sat my father down, and then I started recounting how God showed up. He thought I had the money to travel for master. <laughs> he thought that everything was fine. He didn't know that maybe... After that, then 1,000 pounds was maybe 250K or 150K. He thought we had everything. So it was when we came back and then we're telling him that we went on a ward. Then he looked at me. And then he said, because I, I actually, I taught, I, I preached to him. I taught him. And then he said, you should come and teach this in my church. There are some loafers. That's how he put it. <laughs> there are some loafers that need to hear something. How God can be faithful. Because I knew that if I had told him or if we had mentioned anything like that, be, they would just they would find the money to bring us back. You people are not serious, they're not ready. And I've heard that thing so many times in my life. If you are you understand. If you've not reached, don't try it. That's their mentality. It's up to you, having experienced God to teach them. They can be your children. There are days I'll be in my father's house. He's a, he's, a, he's a pastor as well now. And we're talking. I'm like, man, I don't have what I'm preaching on Sunday. He's saying that to me. And then I'm like, I mean, so I don't have <laughs> It's sweet. Though. And then we now start sharing resources. Okay, no, we don't share resources. <laughs> I give him resources. <laughs> I tell him where to go. I, can we do this? Can we make it topical? Can we do? And then, yeah, okay, okay. And then he starts writing. And he, they always have this book. And their writing is always fine. And they'll write everything down. And I'm like, okay. But that can only come when you've yielded, when you've received, when you're willing to let God lead. Praise God. I'm not afraid to price things. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to speak. I'm not afraid to dream. Recently, I, I said, my wife was also like, we have not challenged ourselves yet in a while. That's how we should live. Where I can be asking you, what have you done for God? How have you challenged God? Because you think the blessings are just for you, but we are going there. Okay, I think I can go there now. The blessings are not, the blessings are supposed to point people to Jesus. These same masters, and I've just said to a couple of you, um, how God came through and, and they said we should come and shoot something in Nigeria, a bank in Nigeria. As in Monday, the school called me. Where's our balance? I mean that I went on a ward. All I could tell them is we are coming. Abby? Tuesday, we did a course. No, Monday we did a course in cinematography. They gave all of us cameras. Go and play. Tuesday, school calls me for their balance. Wednesday, somebody calls me from the bank in Nigeria and tells me, or asks me, can you shoot documentaries? I'm like, yes, now. 
I did not tell them that it was yesterday I handled camera. Yeah. Uh, like, and then she was like, hey, but, but, but when you're in the UK, I said, UK is not far. So Friday, by Thursday, I think I already called some people in Nigeria. We had get equipment down and shoot day one. I was on a plane reading manual and watching tutorial like nonsense. Because I cannot go there and fall my hand and God's hand because he's the one that sends me. Because it's no more about you anymore. And then I get there and they're like, oh, you just, and the MD at that time was white. And they're like, oh, we just flew in from the UK. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're not, they didn't know that I was still trying to cram aperture and ISO and everything. And then we shot it, and that is what paid the balance for the school fees and rent. And everything came from God just saying, go. Or more like, come. Because that's literally what we saw in the word. Now, this is where I'm going. Before you think that it's all about just going and getting what you want. As I go back to school, I had a friend, Indian. And he noticed I wasn't around from that Friday into Tuesday. And then he asked... And then I didn't just say that I went to shoot and I've made my money. I told him how God sent me. And when I was done sharing the testimony, you know Indians now. They were like, you need to take me to your temple. <laughs> that is the point. That is why we receive the testimonies. That is why God will do what he does. Do you understand it now? It's not for you to enjoy and that's the end of it. One of the first things I told my wife after we got married is our lives are not our own anymore. Our lives are a story. So there is no part of my life, I think, that I cannot share as testimony or as a lesson to be learned. That's what happens when you yield. You know that you are not living for yourself again. You have no agenda anymore. Praise God. That's how it works. I could have said that, oh, I just went to shoot something, and that, that, that would have been the end of it. And they're like, oh, wow, congrats, well done. But that is an opportunity for God to be glorified. And when he said, if I be lifted up, what will happen? I will draw men. So that's what happens. A lot of us, the things that are happening in our lives, we are waiting for that person, like I said, waiting for that person that will just park beside the room with the uh, GLE. And they said that the Spirit of the God, Lord said I should give you this. The Holy Spirit ministered to me. Don't wait for that. Even the small testimonies can draw somebody. The smallest of testimonies can lead somebody to Christ. Don't wait. So we are doing uh, the one. How many of us have heard about the one? Ah. Can we put it up? I'm only seeing two people. Let's put, okay. So the one is, I'd like to say a campaign, but yes, let's, for the, for the sake of what we're trying to do, it's a campaign where you speak, you talk to somebody about Jesus, one person. We're not even asking for 10. And something I realized about God and how he backs up these things up Sometimes all you need to do is just tell the person to come to church. Sometimes that's all you need to do. Sometimes you need, and this is how God works. Because now you are a willing and yielded vessel, 
he's willing to do certain things in your life that brings you out from the crowd. That makes you noticed. So that when something happens, and you're now saying it is God, then they want to know that God. Do you understand? So that's what this is about. Even if you don't have a testimony, or you think you don't have a testimony, come to our church. How many of us think that we have good word in the church, in this church? How many of us think that we have good pastors, good leaders? How many of us think that we have good structure? Some people just need somewhere to go. and Give them a place to go. Give them a place to go. So invite them to church or preach to them. I'd rather you preach to them because it's for your own good as well. I remember how my brother got born again. You know, the hardest people to preach to are your family members. But then again, I'll, I'll go back to something else about my brother. So... I invited him to church. He was bad. And I invited him to church. I was already married there. My wife would buy CDs after church and just give it to him. I don't know if he was listening to it or not. So not. And then um, on Wednesday, we're still at a... Okay, we had left... Um, that's Rochester. This is We had left Rochester. We're in Jamesways. And Wednesday... I also saw the guy. <laughs> this is how he used to work then. He just came into church. I nudged my wife. I said, see. By Sunday, he stepped out and he gave his life to Christ. As in that day, <laughs> I, I, I messed up. I cried. Oh. I'm sure people were thinking I was the Holy Spirit. No. I cried. My wife was embarrassed. I cried well because I know. I've been praying for him for 14 years. After a while, my prayer shifted from God, let him be saved, to Lord, let him be better than me in you. I don't mind. I'm good. That was my prayer. That was my honest, sincere prayer. Let him be better than me because I'm good in you. And then he came out and he gave his life. Because he's still, he was still a hard guy and all of that. <laughs> We'll still be begging him, ah, don't fight again. Just walk away. Don't beat them. I know you can beat them. Just walk away. You know? And then recently, and then after that, he'll be telling me about tithing. I like you. You are teaching me. About... <laughs> but there is no greater joy, I don't think, than seeing somebody that has been properly transformed. So this guy will leave a, where, where is the Dangote? Uh, sorry. Where is the... And Shagamu, and you'll come to church on Sunday from Shagamu. Shagamu is in Ogun State, in case you are not aware. Every Sunday, he'll be in church. And then he's now in the UK, and the last time I preached, he sent a message. He said, um, I still show somebody recently, like, ah, that was on point. Well done. As in, I did not, I had to put, you know, those smiley that is like surprise smiley. i like, eh. As in, you can compliment somebody preaching. Because he's still a hard man. Jonathan, God is not done. Okay. Anyway. And as in, I was shocked. That is how God can transform his soul. As long as you are willing. God cannot come and preach. The angels will not come and preach. It's you. 
So he's waiting for you. So let's read that scripture again. The first one we read, uh, Romans 8, 28. Because a lot of us, we are so into this selfish Christianity that we think that it's all about us. And that's something I said before. A lot of us think we are the main character. Meanwhile, you are just, you are just featuring. You are not the main character. You are just the feature. You see me take one minute for the song. You wear all the clothes. You bring all the jewel. And you, in your mind, you are the main character. God is the main. It is God's story you are featuring in. Praise God. You are featuring. So let's read this again. Because a lot of us, we love, we like to take scripture half. The one that pays us. All things work together for my good. Eh. Let's read together. One to go. And we know that all things work together for good. To what? And what? According to, not your purpose. The reason I will give somebody fuel Apart from the fact that, okay, I'm a generally, I'm not, I'm not a nice, I'm a nice person. But the reason, more reason for me to give you money for fuel is if you tell me that you want to go and help me pick my son from school. Ah, I want to pick him. I want to ease your stress. But I don't have fuel. What do you think I would do? Take money. Save me stress. Abby? Called according to his purpose. Not yours. If you tell me I want to go to Badagri, go well now. God go with you. But I'm going to do this. I'm on my way to do this for you. I will equip you with everything you need. That's how it works. So, all things work together for good. It doesn't end there. You love God. You are called according to his purpose. Not yours. So his heart cry is that all men will reconcile to him. So imagine the things he will do through you and then for you when you pick up that mantle and start running with it. Praise God. That's how it works. Ah, God is not answering me. I'm not really seeing God answer me. But he knows that you are selfish with your testimonies. So he can't show power, real power through you. He knows that you are not obedient to him, to his leading, to his prompting. You are just all about yourself. And I had to apologize the last time that a lot of us, we told ourselves when we're getting born again, that when you get born again like this, God will answer all your problems. And that's a lie. This is the truth. All things will work together for your good. If you get born again, when you get born again, all things will work together for your good because now you are aligned with God's purpose. That's how it works. Praise God. Did we get that? So if I ever wondering why are things, why am I not saying, why is it only them? Why is it only them? How come you are the ones that have testimonies every day? Can you remember that testimony? How come you are the only ones that are testifying? And it's because he knows that we will use that testimony for his glory. Every Wednesday then, when we are having cell in the UK, we had a testimony. Every single time. And the white guys that were, they were fellowshipping with, they were angry. Like, how come you have a testimony every single time? And then we taught them that we are seeing God's hand and we are preaching and teaching God's hand and God's goodness and God's mercy. Praise God. 
Yeah, so that by the next time we had our cell, cell fellowship, our cell meeting, yeah, before we said we have a testimony, this week, then we too have testimony. Yeah, you are beginning to see God's hand, and then you are understanding that it is for testimony. Because that's how we overcome, by the word, blood of the Lamb and words, by the words of our testimony. So, you cannot keep quiet about it. God did this for you, and then you keep quiet. I don't, I don't want to say that the flow will stop. Because you are not useful. And that's because I don't want to say you are useless. Praise God. Do you, do you understand why I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nice? God is working. Uh, because if you are not speaking, if you are not showing the glory, if you are not a, a, a conduit for, for God's goodness, for God's mercy, for God's love to be expressed, then just go and sit down. And then envy the other people that God is using. Because that's what will happen. You'll be angry. How come it's only you? How come you always have the testimony? How come God is always promoting you? Because he doesn't keep quiet about it. Praise God. So a lot of us will get to heaven and would have, will just die with untapped potential. The things God could have done through you. Meanwhile, you're just busy talking about it. Or talking about how he's doing it in other people. And it's because you are not willing to be used. So we need to be useful for God. When you are useful, then the things you are wanting. That's what, that's what it talks about uh, 6 uh, 3, Matthew. It says, what, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then wait, all other things will be added. When you seek his first. When you prepare his first. Praise God. So, I think I can end there. Let's rise off it. Just. So, what are the things we, can, we should do? Um, just to round up, because like I said, I was trying to touch everything. We talk about the nation, we talk about church, we talk about you, we talk about the fact that God listens and hears you. The things you can do. Um, like I said, align yourself with his purpose. Two, don't forsake the fellowship of the saints. Don't forsake the gathering together of believers. Three, pray. Pray in your understanding. Pray God's word. Seek his word. Stay in his word. Those are all the things we've talked about anyway. So, like, we need to know these things so that we know the things we can package together and run with. Pray in the spirit. Pray for Nigeria. Pray for your leaders. Not because you feel like, but because he says so. I don't, a lot of times, I don't feel like praying for Nigeria. But I realize that when you introduce God into the, there are some people that will die and will not know Sakwa. That will not know, that will not know suffering. And they are not born again. So you can pray that God comes into a situation or into your country and still turn things around. Some, some nations will, Jesus will come and some nations will still be prosperous. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with you praying for the prosperity of the country that you are in. Because God still moves. For your sake, he can bless a country. For your sake, he can put righteous leaders. Even though the world in general is winding down. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's just pray. That Lord, I'm yielded to a God, God moment. I am yielded to you using me. 
so that I will see more but God moments in my life. How I had nothing but God stepped in. How I was going to be penalized but God stepped in. How I did not have influence but God spoke for me. That's how it works. But God, there's a natural order then but God steps in. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We thank you for this series. We thank you because we are yielded. We are submitted to but God moments. We give you all the praise. We exalt your name. We thank you because we will see more of your hand in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can we celebrate God? Hallelujah. Can we celebrate God this morning? Were you blessed? Were you truly blessed? Then let's make it louder this morning. Hallelujah. Can we just be seated briefly? You know, I really thank God for this um, Pastor Wally's message this morning. Because when he started from, you know, when he started talking about Romans 8.28, that says that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose, something dropped in my heart. And I started to think, you know, especially in line with the theme, but God. I started to think that, you know, one of the things that God specializes in is using our lives as a there. We're becoming claustrophobic. We know we can be better than this. If not be Nigeria, I know where for day to day. If not be Nigeria, I know what's in for they do. Some of us are telling ourselves that we can be better than this. We can do much more than this. Listen to me. But God. Tell your neighbor, but God. Say, but God. He says, but God remembered. And God sent a wind and the flood began to recede. I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I stand today as a prophet of God. And I say that God will cause it to recede in the name of Jesus. That amen is not believing. Maybe Noah's own is not a lot for you. But let me show you something else. If there's anybody that understood the principle of God, it was Jacob. Jacob was running from his family. He had deceived his brother and deceived his father. And he knew that his brother was going to kill him. You know, Israelites, they don't play. Are you not seeing what's happening between them and Palestine? They don't play, oh. If they carry stone, it's not like Nigeria. You know, there's a tribe in Nigeria that they say, I go slap you. You know, say they're not going to do you anything. Now, mouth them, they fight. Israelites are not like that. If they carry stone, you are dead. So, he knew his brother was going to kill him. And his brother swore that the day I see you, one of us will die. And we know which one it is. So, he ran for his life. And he landed in his uncle's house, Laban. And Laban was determined to cheat him. Every time that guy was working, he would change his wages. Laban reminds me of Nigeria. Have you not invested in Nigeria? Doesn't it seem like they keep changing your wages? Every year, dollar changes. But you know what happened? The Bible says, but God. Listen to me. This year, as God lives, this year, you will have many but God moments. Quickly jump with me, Genesis 31. Let me show you. There were a lot of but God moments there. Genesis 31 verse 7. He says, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. Jacob said, but God. Somebody say, but God. 
He says, but God did not permit him to harm me. Verse 22 to 20, 23 to 24. He said, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. But God, somebody say, but God. He said, but God came to Laban the Amram in a dream by night and said to him, be careful. Somebody say, be careful. See, God will warn your enemies on your behalf. When God is threatening your enemies, it means that he knows that you are in covenant with him. He said what God said to Laban. Be careful. Somebody say, be careful. He said, be careful not to say anything bad to Jacob, either good or bad. Look at verse, um, verse 42. He says, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. He said, but God. Somebody said, but God. He said, but God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night he rebuked you. Consistently, God was showing up for him. Listen, I'm telling you, the way I'm sure that my name is Mildred, I know like I know my name, that God will show up with, for you this year with many but God moments. It may look like it's not making sense. It may look like you are struggling. It may look like things are not working. Somebody say, but God. Somebody say, but God. The Bible tells us in Genesis 48, 21, by this time, Jacob's name had been changed to Israel. He had walked with God. He had encountered God. And the Bible tells us that he was about to die. Then he said to his son, Joseph, behold, I am about to die. And he said, but God. Somebody say, but God. He said, but God will be with you and will take you back to the land of your fathers. When I read this scripture this morning, something in my heart wanted to burst. That simple two-word message he gave him, he said, but God, felt to me like it was a covenant name. But God means that he's a God that is faithful. But God means he's a God that is merciful. But God means that he's a God of impossibilities. But God, he said to him, I'm going to die. For a long time, you guys have thought that I am the one carrying the covenant. But listen to me, but God. He said, my God will be with you. From that day, Joseph too understood that he was a but God. Ha. Ay, 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 ay. The day you understand what it means for him to be a both God, you understand that it is a name of God. The God that specializes in the impossible. Every time the word both is introduced, it means there's a turnaround from that situation. So every time you say but God, that means that you are saying my God will come true for me. That means you are saying that all things will work together for my good. No matter what is going on, but God, my case is different. So you are not, they're telling you, it's November, how will you get married? What will you answer? You have been praying for 15 years. How can you have a child? What will you answer? Nigeria doesn't look like it's working. And you still want to stay here. What will you say? Somebody say it like you believe it. Somebody say it like you know it's the name of our God. He said, but God, my God will be with you. Listen, every child of God has a but God moment. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. As far as you are called by his name, 
you are entitled to a but God moment. So when Ogas said that there's a casting down, you will say there's a lifting up. Why? Because but God. God will always show up for you. Tell somebody but God. Tell somebody but God. They're saying to you, you can't pay rent, but I'm telling you, you'll be a landlord because but God. It doesn't matter what they say. Once but is introduced, it means the circumstance must change. And so this morning, I've come to you to announce to you and to remind you that we serve a but God. A God who specializes in the impossible. One scripture that I love so much, and I round up with that. Ephesians, no, sorry, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let me do 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Because it's the end of the year. And to the natural eye, everybody's scared. Ah, it's, it's not working, it's not working. Let's read this together. It says, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. It's normal. Satan is not seeking you out. He's not, he's not, he's not curating the problem for just you. Nigeria is not hard for only you. The government is not frustrating you. It's not only you. And you know the funny thing? Satan may try, but God. Pascal just told me a few minutes ago that, oh, you're going to go up and round up. And I'm, I mean, I'm done. And I was meditating on my message. And I'm like, I thought I was done. No, I'm not done. I was meditating on my message. And so I was, you know, really just thinking about what, God, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to close this? How do you want me, what's the message for your children? And so I get into the car and I wind up and Pastor Maka comes to me and she says, oh, somebody wants to see you. And so I said, somebody wants to see me. Usually when I'm about to go in for service, I don't like to talk to people. So I'm meditating. In fact, a lot of people say I'm, I'm fighting with Pastor K or something. That's what they said the last time on social media when I was thinking, I was frowning. So I was meditating. So this guy comes to my window. I don't know who he is. And comes to my window. He's in a department. And then knocks on my window and says, um, God sent me to you, number one. God is not a gossip. And anybody that knows me know I hear God. So you keep your stupid God said to yourself. So he came to the car and said to me, God said I should tell you something. I said, okay, I'm listening. He said, um, Pastor K is my friend. Um... So I know that he likes to dance. So God said, I should tell you, you should be dancing with him. But the prince of Persia held me back. I said, he didn't hold you well. Because like I said, the prince of Persia really hold you well. You go get sense. So not that you should come and tell me this nonsense. I was about to get upset. But God reminded me, it's not about you. It's the message. Because if I vest, now I know, I know if you talk with me, I won't talk. I would talk off key. But... As I was sitting in that car, I realized that sometimes we can think that some things are tailored towards us. Because like somebody would have said, ah, Satan wants to attack you. No. Somebody was being silly and passed by my window with his silliness. But you see, it's normal. Before you come in to preach, something will annoy you. You plan that today you are going to fast. The minute you get to the office, all your colleagues are eating amaladai sweets. Today you are planned that you are going to honor your husband. That's the day he comes back drunk as an idiot. He makes all the wrong decisions. And you have planned that from now I'm going to be submissive wife. It's common to man. Tell your neighbor it's normal for every human being. 
But you see there's something there. Can you see that those two words there? What does he say? What does he say? I can't hear you. I need it to be louder this morning. But God. So whatever that problem is, tell the problem, but God. Whatever that situation, tell it but God. He said, but God will be faithful to you. God is faithful, but he says he will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. So your but God is fighting for you. He's working for you even when you can't see it. So when you are faced with that challenge, what do you say? Is this how you are going to say it? Nigeria says you will not make it. Is this what you are going to say? Are you really going to say it sitting down? Are you going to tell your problem sitting down? I need to open your mouth and celebrate God this morning. If you know that your but God is working on your behalf, this is a good time to give him praise this morning. Father, we thank you. We celebrate your faithfulness. Because you are a but God, you are the God of impossibility. Because you are a but God, you are the God who has chosen to use us as advertisement. Because you are a but God, we know that you are a loving God. Because no matter what we have done, even while we are yet sinners, you showed us mercy. You are a but God, a faithful God, a God who keeps his word, a God who cannot fail, a God who cannot lie, a God who cannot change. This morning we declare you are our but God. We declare because of you, circumstances around us align. Everything works together for our good. Everything changes on our behalf. Our case is different because we carry your name. You are the but God. Father, we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, somebody shout but God this morning. I think you can make it louder than that. Say but God. DCC shout it one more time. But God.